The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Interesting discussion coming up. Carly Garner joins us, senior commodity strategist and broker at DeCarly Trading. So with oil, we have this uh, interesting sort of dichotomous movement here. Uh, the oil price has fallen quite dramatically on the complicated reopening in China. Just the thought that all these new COVID cases will delay the, uh, the benefits from the reopening. While stocks have really bolted to the upside, I'm, I'm curious um, which market is right or is it just the difference between kind of spot considerations versus uh, futures? Well, I think we're we're looking at a situation where market positioning is kind of driving momentum. And what I mean by that is uh, a couple of weeks ago when oil tested 70 for the first time on the downside, we had a couple news events that, that turned prices pretty quickly. And that was the reopening of China and also the Biden administration refilling the SPR. And so there were a lot of speculators that stepped in and bought at those levels with the expectation of uh, much, much higher crude prices. I mean, we all know for the last year or so, speculators have been looking for $100 plus oil and they haven't gotten what they've looking for, looked for, but they're they're willing to buy into those dips. And I think the fact that um, the rally fell short and kind of ran out of steam forced all of those, those buyers out to the sidelines. And I think this probably continues. I think we've probably run some stops below 70 and test the high 60s. But in the overall scheme of things at this point, all the froth that was built into the market in the spring when oil prices went above 100 and much higher has really been wiped out. If you look at the COT report uh, issued by the CFTC, speculators are holding the smallest net long position they've held in several years. And usually when speculators have thrown in the towel on oil, that's exactly when uh, the trend changes. So I expect somewhere between 65 and 70 to be a place for the bulls to, to get some footing. Hmm. So, so, Carly, that, that brings me nicely to say why a haven't uh, oil prices uh, gone further? Is everything priced in? That's one part of my question. The other thing is OPEC uh, are likely to be happy, uh, and OPEC plus likely to be happy with uh, prices as you're just predicting. Uh, and I'm saying, you know, if we don't look at uh, the mean average, is it more a case of looking at the mode average of each member? Well, um, one thing that I, I should point out is the, the China that comes back online is not the same China that went offline. Um, I think they're exper experiencing some economic weakness, kind of similar to uh, if you look at the travel situation globally and especially in the U.S. It's just not as fun to travel in 2022 or 23 as it was 2019. So even as uh, travel was reopening, it wasn't the as robust as maybe some people had, had assumed it to be. So I think you're right. Um, OPEC would love to see oil prices hold in the $65, $70 area. If you look at a weekly chart, for years now, almost two decades, 
6570 has really been a, re- a significant pivot point. In fact, it's kind of been almost the line between bull market and bear market. So this it's really important what happens here. Uh, but I do think that sentiment has gotten so weak and speculators are so sidelined that there's plenty of room for buying power if prices firm up. And I think that's what we're probably going to eventually get after a few rough days. If oil at some point sends a level uh, of, of um, sort of prediction of recession, uh, about what level for oil would that be? For instance, you're talking 65 to 70, the bulls will come back. What if it falls down into the 50s? And that's not impossible. I don't think that's going to happen on this path. But if we're talking um, a year or two down the road, absolutely, we'll see those numbers again. And the reason being, I mean, oil, um, it's a limited resource, but at the same time, we're getting better and better at pulling it out of the ground. So as long as uh, politics get out of the way, we have plenty of oil to to get. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, time going by and and things working themselves out. And we've seen the oil market. um, The last trip we had up to $150 a barrel in 2007, 2008, ended in uh, $30 oil within a year or so. So anything is possible. And one thing I've learned about crude oil is it never puts in quiet bottoms or quiet tops. There's always lots of fireworks. So you want to be careful either way. Well, one commodity which is not producing any fireworks and uh, perhaps ought to have been is gold. Given all the uncertainty and the risks that we've had out there in the last couple of years, uh, are you surprised we've not seen it higher than where we are? It's, uh, and why? Is it uh, not being seen as a haven anymore? What's the deal? You know, I agree with you 100%. I've been expecting gold to, to behave much better than it has. It's had a rough year considering the backdrop. This is probably the the best fundamental backdrop we've seen in gold almost ever, and it still couldn't get off the mat. But I think that what was going on is the dollar was holding it down. And there were still a lot of um, the idea that maybe Bitcoin was replacing gold was still floating around. I think that's probably dissipated. I think that's old news. And I I think we start getting some uh, hedging and investment dollars back into gold. Yeah, it could be that the dollar going down has driven gold up and uh, and may help oil as well going forward because gold has gone from about 1650 at the beginning of November up to 1850 at the moment so it's had a pretty good bounce here. That's something like uh, 15% or so. Uh, anyway, thanks very much Carly Carly Garner, senior commodity strategist and broker at DeCarly Trading. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.